Welcome to On Air, the podcast from leading probate genealogists, Finders International, with your host, David Lockwood. So welcome to this latest episode of On Air. I'm Dave Lockwood and with me today is Jade Gunny from uh, Circe Law, have I got that right? (laughs) (laughs) Circe Law, yep, like the Greek goddess. Like the Greek goddess. We'll come on to that in a while. Jade uh, is a solicitor. She's been uh, in the the business for six or so years and um, uh, is very well known on LinkedIn as well. So if you're you're LinkedIn with Jane, you you do know that uh, she's a prolific poster on there, let's say. Guilty. Yeah, uh, you know, same same here, same here. It it has its uses, LinkedIn. We'll, we'll, We'll probably discuss that during this, but there we are. But we, we use a very simple format on this podcast and it's very simple questions and it's very relaxed and it's basically the first question is why did you choose to become a solicitor <laughs> so i'm actually one of the fortunate ones that's always known what they want to do um and i think the earliest memory i have of of knowing that i wanted to be a lawyer was when i was about four or five years old and watching an episode of judge judy in my kitchen and uh, <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> you think yeah it's odd and then ever since then i thought yeah i want to do that i want to be a judge one day and, yeah. and get into law yeah. um and then that sort of progressed by the time i was about 11 i was starting petitions at my um, primary school because <laughs> it, well, the thing was they were going to axe our year six play now this was like a rite of passage for oh, yeah. every year six you know student yeah. and then our year they said they were going to axe it because they didn't have enough support so of course I got my back up and I got my pen out and my clipboard went round and guilt tripped all the teachers into signing up and helping in some way and so the play went on um, and then since then yeah it's just been a, a one one track mind yeah. to, to study law and to practice law although to be fair I did think I wanted to work in crime mm-hmm. and as part of my training I did do a, a seat in serious crime and it was fascinating but definitely not for me it, it takes a certain breed I think to be able to do crime day in and day out yeah that's I would imagine it's quite intense and can be quite um I hate to use the word depressing, but there is a little bit of that about it, isn't there? It is. And I think I had a lawyer once say to me, one of the barristers um, say to me, that the thing with crime is that you need to be able to leave your work at the door when you get home at night. And unfortunately, yeah. I'm not one of those lawyers. I sort of eat, sleep and breathe everything. Right. So it can wear you down. And also physically, um, because I have fibromyalgia, a disability, sort of travelling all around the country to visit prisons to meet with your clients can be extremely draining, mm. you know on the body so by that point I'd already had quite a few years like pre-qualified experience in private client and I quite happily ran back (laughs) (laughs) Um, to that line of work where I could have tea and cake with my clients as opposed to being searched (laughs) on the way in (laughs) that's one way of putting it yeah yeah so so I got, uh, well, the next question I was going to ask is what what made you choose the profession? But obviously you were you were we were there from from a very early age deciding you wanted to get into law. Um, it didn't change when you went to university at all or anything like that. I mean, there was a point where I wavered um, yeah. because I have all, I'm, I'm quite a nurturing person and I like to teach. And since um, A level age, I've actually tutored other students mm. in their GCSEs and their A levels for English and law. Um, and there was a point where I thought, actually, do I want to go and teach yeah but thankfully in my roles I've been able to combine 
both of those because I work with a lot of trainees and junior lawyers and I can help shape them and teach them how to be a good effective private client lawyer so mentoring is a big thing for you then is it massive for me yeah Yeah, I think it's really important and giving people a chance I don't think I mean with my background there were so many chances where I may not have qualified into law Mm. Um, for example the firm that I was training at closed down six months before I finished my training contract and I'm thinking right great you know yeah. what do I do now um and and various things like that uh, coming from quite a low-income household mm. finances are a really key part of you know qualifying it's an expensive profession to qualify in yeah so there were lots of times where I did doubt that I would qualify um and so for me it's a bit of a passion project for those individuals that might not necessarily have the grades that might not necessarily have the income that they need to support this kind of career in the beginning yeah to provide avenues for them to be able to access law and and thrive so what would you have done then if you hadn't have ended up in law in law i definitely would have been a teacher i don't think there's any other option for me it was it was law or teach or a combination of both and i haven't ruled it out in the future either i think that definitely later down the line then i might um lecture if anyone will have me (laughs) um (laughs) uh, i've always enjoyed um teaching and working with older students as opposed to younger ones Hmm. i'd love to kind of like foster um teenagers and things like that as well really yeah so yeah yeah, i know people think i'm mad when i say that but um i just find that they're at such a great age where they're kind of entering the world getting their first impressions of things learning how you know to Hmm. be an adult and it's a crucial point where you can sort of mould their mind and their outlook on life and how they treat others and, and approach difficulties in life. So for me, I find it really fulfilling. So with Cersei Law, you've, you, you're going to look towards bringing in younger, mature people or, or, or how, how are you going to deal with that? You know? Yeah, I mean, we're totally inclusive. So yeah. we will be looking to have apprenticeships as well as traditional training contracts and things like that. Nice variety. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I nearly didn't get my degree because I got very poorly in my second year of university. And I wasn't diagnosed with my condition until long after I left university. Um, And as a result, I went from getting sort of straight A's and 100% in exams to barely passing because Mm. I'm so ill. So I know that grades on paper don't necessarily reflect your abilities in real life um and so as well i want to remove some of those barriers because it we tend to find that people for example that have to take on a second job or even sometimes a third job like i did while i was studying Mm. and being ill um that that can adversely affect your grades so what we see is that people with disabilities or who are poorly or who come from low-income backgrounds they start getting weeded out the process the second you say that you have to have a two-one you know yeah. in your degree yeah and we know that book smarts doesn't always translate to common sense <laughs> no it doesn't it doesn't and, and and somebody made a great point to me once he said you look at that doctor there he's a doctor he's qualified you don't ask him what his grades were at medical school no because that he's done the job he's worked on the job he knows what he's doing now so, absolutely or she knows what she's doing you know sorry to be besides <laughs> as a doctor you know they've, they've worked very hard and it doesn't matter what grades they've got it's it's at the end of the day it's how they put that 
into practice isn't it yeah and actually i tend to find that some of the sort of junior lawyers i've worked with if they've gone through some form of adversity like that mm. it actually better prepares them for the world they're facing in law because our clients come to us usually when there's a problem or you know they're struggling they've gone through a bereavement for example yeah. and it's a tough time for them so when you already have that fortitude because you've been through your own struggles you can apply that then to the situations you're dealing with for your clients. Yeah. So I think that actually, in a roundabout way, it can actually benefit them and make them more well-rounded lawyers. Yeah, sounds interesting. Looking forward to, to seeing how that develops over the <laughs> next few years. Um, what makes you mad? <laughs> uh, what doesn't make me mad um, <laughs> is, is the question. I think at the moment for me, I am seeing lots of fellow lawyers who are getting completely burnt out and mm. they're falling out of love with what they do. And for me, that's really heartbreaking. It makes me mad because I find that there are quite a lot of companies who, for example, despite having shown that we can work from home quite effectively throughout the pandemic, they're now forcing employees to go back to the office full time. Yeah. Or, you know, they don't want to adopt other flexible working means. And I think that, again, this does come down to a diversity issue because when you're inflexible in your work practices, you then start to cancel out um the minorities or the people that have other considerations to take into account um, from being able to apply for those roles. So that makes me really mad, especially as we've seen that it does work. And in yeah. fact, a lot of companies have said they were more productive throughout the pandemic. The time that you spend doing your commute, you're now spending sort of at your desk working away and churning the hours out. So I think that we need to look more at the output. If you're still getting the same outcomes, your clients are still happy, then there shouldn't be any reason why you can't have flexible working practices. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I'm glad to say that that's uh, the attitude of finders that uh, we, we certainly once the pandemic hit we were working from home and it hasn't changed it's been it's been fantastic and we've been supported in it and it, it certainly does work sometimes you do need to be in the office to to, to meet with people like today for example, yeah. but, but other times you don't need to do it you can use teams or zoom or, or whatever have you uh, enjoyed using teams and zoom during the pandemic have you used it with clients <laughs> and things like that i mean considering i'm still quite a young person i'm pretty terrible when it comes to tech <laughs> I, I have to admit like I, I can understand the theory behind it but getting the apps and things to work is pretty bad so Teams is still a bit of a mystery to me, I have to admit. I'm okay with Zoom. Zoom seems yeah. to be where, you know, I'm comfortable. But, you know, my clients were fantastic. I really panicked to begin with yeah. because with private client, a lot of your client base are elderly. Yeah. And they would, you know, I was the person in the office that had the most in-person client meetings. I would always have the meeting room booked out. So I did worry because a lot of my clients weren't, you know, up to speed with technology. Yeah. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. And in fact, some of the clients I thought would struggle the most just excelled. And they've found that it's actually opened up a new way of life for them because they've learned how to FaceTime or how to Zoom. And, mm. you know, they can check in with the grandkids or whatever it is more often than they had before. So yeah. they uh, are, were amazing at it. And I have to say, I've found even now it's about 50-50. About half of my clients want to come in because they enjoy that interaction. Yeah. The other half are sticking with digital forms of meetings because it's more convenient to them. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it has made life... <laughs> A lot easier to meet with people but i i'm i'm very much of the opinion i still like meeting people in person because yeah. when you can talk sit in the same room as a person and talk with them and and and, and 
communicate you can see facial expressions whatever you know you know when you've you've mucked up because you can see the person <laughs> looking at you and, and say yeah. that you don't necessarily know that on teams and, you know how else are you supposed to have your tea and cake with your clients you know when you go to visit them at home yeah i mean and for me there's still always going to be an element of that because yeah. i deal with vulnerable clients and i have to apologize there's no cake this morning i do apologize about that i should have provided cake so um i'll get told off for that in the next one that i do but there we are um, so what 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 is do you think the greatest strength that you need to have in your job and what that strength is that somebody would need to have as in, in the legal profession i think resilience is key and i say that and people say well what really is resilience isn't it um mm. and it's a tricky one to think about because it could mean different things to different people but the road to qualifying as a lawyer is very long yeah. and in itself you have to have that resilience to get through it there are lots of other routes now to qualifying rather than the traditional one um so you don't necessarily have to go down that same route but it still takes a long time and then in the profession as well you are going to have those days where it feels like everything has gone wrong <laughs> yeah. and you feel like a total failure and you know you think that you're doing more harm than good but the truth is you're not mm. you have to have that frame of mind where you can get through those days and focus on the bigger picture and you know the the greater help that you're providing your clients um, as a lawyer you tend to be the punching bag and the therapist <laughs> and everything else you know for these individuals so sometimes we do see the worst in people but remember yeah. that you also see the best as well so I think that that resilience you really need in those situations resilience that's a good word yeah <laughs> that, funny enough i think that's a, a concurrent thing from from most people that we've, we've we've spoken to about this that the resilience is something that they need to continue working in the legal sector especially with all the challenges around at the moment and everything yes. like that I mean, are you finding it hard with with say dealing with legal aid and things like that i don't actually deal with legal aid no. myself no, no i don't deal with that work i do a lot of pro bono work yeah. so i volunteer with citizens advice yeah. um i work with thames hospice quite right. close yeah. Um, throughout the pandemic, I did free wills for NHS workers um, wow, okay. as well. So, yeah, I kind of do that through yeah. pro bono work, charity work. Um, but for me, that word resilience, I think, means something different to companies. And I want to make it clear that having resilience doesn't mean that you burn yourself out and that you work yourself so hard because other people are doing it because that's how it's always been done yeah. to the point that you're at breaking. Um, it, that isn't what I mean by resilience at all. Mm. Um, resilience is, you know, protecting yourself um, at the same time. So I think as lawyers, we're often, we've got this idea of what it is to be a lawyer working so many hours and not having much of a home life and meeting your, your billable hours and all of that kind of thing. But it doesn't have to be like that i want people to see that as a lawyer you can still love what you do do great work and still find that balance yeah and i think that a lot of law firms need to reassess um, their priorities in that respect about the work-life balance yeah. yeah yeah our thanks to jade for joining us on this edition we'll be back again soon with more from jade gurney from circe law thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed it speak to you soon Thank you for listening to On Air. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast as we'll be bringing you another episode next month. For more information on our services, visit our website www.findersinternational.co.uk or call us on 020 7490 4935.